0: Welcome to Lagnapod for this week. I am Rob Holbert, one of the co publishers of Lanyap, along with a few other folks
1: Ashley Trice,
2: Scott Johnson,
0: Dale Leash, Kyle Hamrick, Brady Petrie. All right, we're all here today. Tommy Hicks is not with us this morning, so we may, uh, we may be sportsless this week. But uh, Dale, we're going to talk a little bit about the cover story. Uh, there's a gentleman on the cover reading scripts. Uh, we're talking about the new film office a little bit. Uh, he's the head of the film office, new new head of the film office. But mostly, what we're talking about is uh, a new technology they're using to right. uh, to help get films here.
3: And and the new film office or the new director and coordinator, Tommy of Fell, the, yeah, of the sorry film office, Tommy <laughs> Fell <laughs> yes. is is his name. But but they, uh, you know, he and, and Kelly Shirazi had had, uh, you know, they they were. Integral in sorry they were integral in um, kind of helping to bring this technology to the fore here here in Mobile and 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 uh, you know they you know it's a situation where we, you know it rains a lot here in Mobile so they've yes. got this they got this giant LED wall that's inside the expo hall of the Civic Center if anybody ever wondered what was being done there right. now they're filming stuff in there it's a, you know it's a thirty thousand square foot building. 30 foot high ceilings. It's perfect for like a soundstage sort of situation. So that's how they've been using it for years. And more recently, since, since the pandemic, they've put in a, uh, they've installed a, a very large um, wall that basically you can put any background on it, that any digital background on it that you want, and then use like, uh, you know, props and things to kind of fill it out. So, you know, they filmed a commercial where it went from a, like a hidden temple in the jungle to the surface of Mars. And they did it within a matter of, of, you know, minutes and they filmed the whole thing in, in less than a day. Whereas traditionally that would have taken, you would have to go to two, Mars to do that. Uh, yeah, you Just
1: know. wait for next year's nappy awards. Video, yes. And that
3: right? so na- exactly. would have taken, would have taken two or three days. So yeah, I don't know why, um, you know, I don't know why the nappy video hasn't uh, hasn't taken advantage well, of this yet. You know, honestly, I didn't really know a lot of this was going on until recently, and, yeah. and which is a good thing.
0: That's what you find out things in a newspaper. But the uh, <laughs> you know, so when you talk about one of these giant screens, I think most people have this concept. We kind of we sort of vaguely know what a green screen is. We know well, it's not, that, you not know, a green screen, though. It, but it, but it's not that. It's right? not.
3: It's not a green. They have a green screen there, but that's completely. Everybody knows what a green screen is and uses this. This is a little bit. More cutting edge than that, where you know you can you can wear green and still film right. in front of this, and it's not a problem. That sort of when thing. you
0: look at this thing, can you see the background? Yes. So so that yes. is different than a green yeah, screen. Yeah. If you're standing in at a TV station, they've got a green screen. You can't see. You just you're seeing the, right. the screen, but the TV camera is showing that. Right. Think yes. of
3: think of a giant, think of a giant computer screen. Yeah. And you've got a background on it, like you know the old pipe. Right. The pipe screensavers. Yeah. Think about something like that, and then have an actor stand, stand in, front in front of it. That's what it's back. like. Uh, a good example of this was uh, um, in Atlanta. Uh, and I don't remember the Medea, the guy that does all the Medea movies. Uh, Tyler, Tyler, Tyler Tyler Perry. Perry. Yes. He has a an entire set of Tyle, the White a House. Huge Tyler Perry. Fan. Ta- ta- who? <laughs> a big
4: Tyler. Yeah, Perry. Who, who yeah there he is. Who he is pipes it? Right who in. is and I love He's Medea it. goes to jail or whatever it's yeah.
3: called. Um, uh, uh, but Tyler Perry has a, a a full White House set in Atlanta, yeah, and so people would use that to film various scenes, you know, inside the Oval Office okay. and things like that. But in Mobile, we can do that too. We just have a you know a digital background of the Oval Office and, yeah. and props and things, and you can kind of do the whole thing without having to have a whole film crew go up to Atlanta for a week. Right. Because as it was pointed out in the story, if you're if you if you do film here in Mobile and you're going to Atlanta or you're going to Los Angeles or something and you're doing that, you know, two or three times, four times a year maybe, maybe longer. You're going to start thinking, I just need to move. I need right. to get out of Mobile. I can't film anything here. This helps with that. Yeah. In so far as it'll you know, people people that are in the film industry here can stay here. They can film things uh easier here and not only that, they don't have to stop for rain, which as we know, is right. a big problem. Uh, you know, rain, so you could digitally like add Nick Cage to your movie. You could, yeah. you yes. could, if you wanted you could to, just have uh, him right there. I mean, you'd yeah. have to, you know, knowing him, you'd have to pay him. You probably to be to digitally produced. But, but, yeah, why not? But uh, probably be easier to work with.
2: Does like uh, a LED background affect quality of how the shot is?
3: No, no. At least not, not to, not that I've been made aware from anybody. They they're very excited about this technology, and in fact. The plan is to to double maybe even triple the size of the screen and oh, okay. really really um you know uh, try to get more productions try to more. get more productions to use so it this try was to get used more it's been
0: used in some in some major movies as well I mean this isn't just people's commercials and things like that I think um, get out uh, that, well, get that out some of it yeah
3: get yeah. out get out use, the expo, hall. They use and, the expo hall as did as did Gerald's game. But they didn't use the screen. They didn't then. use the screen. Okay. The screen right. is pri- screen has primarily been used for for lo- by local film okay. com- yeah. companies now. But but the idea is that in the future, when they've got a bigger screen and they've got you know more resources, that they will use this. And it also brings up an interesting point too in the whole civic center debate. Well, yeah, the I was expo just hall, about to go there. Right. The expo hall has not been considered in any of the renderings that we've seen any of the the is
0: kind of in the sights right now possibly getting knocked down
3: right well and and, yes and and, no i you know if this is a situation where it's making a lot of money and the film office is is benefiting from it like it is now there's no way they're gonna knock it down and they don't have to for the plans that they have to work the, the expo hall doesn't necessarily have to go anywhere. Not just well, because it's not in the plans doesn't mean it won't. Be. So let's talk about just the film industry and in mobile in yeah. general, a little in a bit wider sense.
0: Um, obviously, incentives have been a real big reason for an increase here in in Alabama. The, right? the,
3: probably the the biggest single reason that we have what we have here, um, and I think and I think mobile has benefited more than maybe other places in the state because of our location where you got a beach, you know, you've got, you've got wooded areas. They can, there's a lot of interesting, diverse locations, but yeah, the incentives which are, you know, they're tax they're tax They're basically tax rebates uh, of up to 25 or 35%, depending on how local, how many local people, how many Alabama based people you use in your production. And so, but those are capped at $20 million here in the state. Of Alabama, so you know if you start from October one, you know by by March or April they're telling me that they've used know, them all up. They start to have to deny filming uh, uh, applications, and so if you talk to the local people that you know do tourism and do films here, I think the thought here is that they want to work on trying to get those expanded through the legislature. Um, not s- more you know, rebates. I, I think in other states you've seen. Um, I'm
0: trying to think of. Uh, Georgia is Georgia. Georgia's, one. Georgia's is, unlimited. Right. Yeah. You know you've seen Georgia really have a, a huge increase in the number of films made there. Right. I think other places you've seen where they've gotten rid of the tax rebates, um, the tax incentives. They've lost a lot of that. Louisiana, that, so was, Louisiana was one that was got one. rid of right. them.
3: They're thinking about bringing them back. Right. Florida got rid of the statewide uh, um, incentives. Incentives, and, but they do it city by city now. Yeah. Um, uh, but, but yeah, I mean, Louisiana, when they started their incentives, Louisiana blew up. I saw, I saw, you know, a, like almost a lot of independent films would, would film in Louisiana. Right. Things that had smaller budgets and, and in Mobile, I think, uh, you know, and in, in Alabama, they, they want that expanded past 20 million. I mean, we know we're not going to catch Georgia. It's unlimited. They're they're at the. Fin- I think it was described to me. They're at the finish line, right. and we haven't started the race yet. Yeah. So we're not going to catch Georgia, but all we can do is compete with places like Tennessee and Mississippi and uh, Louisiana. It is, yeah, it's
0: kind of fascinating to look at it and see how. I mean, it's obviously grown considerably in the last. I mean, certainly since we started the paper. I mean, I, mean, I think I think we probably had a cover story within the first couple of years of them filming a movie downtown, yeah. didn't we, Ashley? Yeah, and, and, yeah. But it's, but I think, you know, it, that's definitely improved a lot around here, but yeah, it also seems pretty clear that, um, filmmakers are going to go wherever there is, you know, they have the ability to that's go. That's the number wherever. one concern is yeah. how
3: much, yeah. how much you, you're going to give me to film in your location. Yeah. And I mean, we really, we got, we've been, I think we've been pretty well known throughout Hollywood as a place to go since, remember that. We had that span where it was like a Nick Cage movie, and a Bruce Willis movie, and then a Nick Cage movie again like in 2012, 2013, 2014, I guess. I think I was working here when when that thing started, so maybe 2014. And then we really got put on the map with Get Out. Right. Um, Get Out was, I think, the one that was most talked about that was filmed here. I mean, Ashland Place, Barton Academy, the Expo Hall, a lot of stuff shot in Fairhope. Yeah. So uh, it's only grown since then.
1: Well, I, I really um, I saw this on that goofy um, show where the people eat hot sauce and wings, but <laughs> hot <all>
3: ones, <laughs> hot ones from First yeah. We Feast, <laughs> yes. yes. But Matt Love da- that show. Matt
1: Damon, of all people. He was talking about how you know how the film industry has changed so much because of streaming. They've lost you know like all the independent films that used to be made are no longer made because they don't make the money off the straight to DVD stuff. Yeah. So I just think it's really important if you get those incentives now that the, they're having to be so budget conscious that it would really, really help get us more movies here or else we may see like just in indes- they're basically saying they're just making blockbusters. That's all they're making. Yeah.
3: Right. Yeah. And, and we talk so much, you know, we have uh, concerns politically about brain drain and about job creation and stuff like that. We hear about that all the time. But like this would, I, I think that an expansion of these, these benefits or these incentives would, would kind of help, you know, compensate for some of that brain drain. Cause you got people who want to make films. They but can you, stay here rather met than
1: someone last week. who's that, right. That another, yeah. 48 with another 48 with yeah, another 48, first 48, first yeah.
0: 48. They're working. Yeah. work with, they're embedded with the police department here. Yeah. And you know, so there's, there are people coming here to do some of this stuff it, I think a lot of it, too, is keeping the people, like you're saying, brain drain, you know, keeping people. We know people in this in this industry who have been able to stay here um, more now. And they, you know, uh, they used to work. Dan Anderson is a guy who used to work with us. You know, uh, he was a photographer with us forever. And he does a lot of work with movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, he used to travel a whole lot more than he does now. And I've noticed back, he's been at home he's a lot back more. At yeah, home yeah. a lot more because there's a lot more opportunity here. And I mean, I think that's. That's something when you look at that industry as a whole and you think, well, is that an important industry in your community? I think it is a very important industry in the community because it it lends itself to so many other industries right. using them, I mean, for commercials, for other, for videos that are, they're doing right. those things. If you don't have top quality people here, it it does sort of, when, when these big companies come in and they're like, we
3: need, we need video, you know, somebody right. to come out and do this kind of work and there's nobody here. Right.
0: It, it doesn't look good.
3: Right. And uh, and I just want to point out before we go another interesting thing. And it's in the story, too. So I, I encourage you guys all to read it. Um, but but the, the Hulu series Mike about Mike Tyson yeah. uh, spent a week filming here. I thought that was interesting. They used... Believe it or not, they used our Civic Center to double as Madison Square Did Garden. They make a papier-mâché ear. I for don't know. A, I don't know. Evander Holyfield, but yeah, the whole, or something the, like that. The, the, the yeah. scene where he's fighting Evander Holyfield and the, the ear bite takes place that yeah. was filmed in Mobile. So be proud, especially since I think uh, Evander. Is from Atmore, so he, right. he's
0: an he's an Alabama
3: guy. So and so it, it, it makes perfect sense that that's where he would get his ear. One bit. of my most bitter disappointments in life
0: was when I was working in uh, I was working in D.C. and it was very it was a week or two after that incident had occurred, yeah. and Evander Holyfield came into our office and but yeah, I, I was in one office with I wasn't in the Capitol itself. I was in one of the Capitol buildings, yeah. and um, and somebody called and said, "Hey, Evander Holyfield's here," and I'm like. I got to get over there and yeah. see him because he still had the bandage on his ear and everything, but he disappeared before
3: I got there. So, you know, uh, I really wanted to see that yeah. ear, you know, but Mike, it didn't happen. Mike Tyson sells uh, a brand of edible, uh, CBD cannabis or, 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 or CBD can, cannabis, yes. uh, gummies, hallucinogens that, of some that sort are, probably, that are, yes. that are shaped like ears. Okay. I think, yeah, they do. They're called Mike's Bites. I like it. You know, hey, so, look, man, that is that is marketing right there. Yeah, I like yeah. it. That's, yeah, that's yeah. good stuff. So, so you should, uh, you know, order them on Amazon, I guess. I don't know where you get them, but, uh, but well, good luck. There's
0: a, there's a plug for Mike's Bites. We'll yeah. see if we can get him to uh, be a, a sponsor here. Speaking of sponsors, we're going to take a quick break and, and let them, uh, none of them are, have anything ear-shaped, I think, but <laughs> we'll see. We'll be right back.
1: Heroes Sports Bar and Grill now open seven days a week at both locations. Ask about our new Hot Wings, the Singapore Sting, and the Nature Boy. Woo! Come have a Clipper at Heroes, Mobile's owned since 1998. Heroes Sports Bar and Grill now offers curbside seven days a week. Call 433 Hero for Dolphin Street or 341 Wing for Hillcrest. Try our kick ass <laughs> spinach and crawfish dip. And thanks for supporting Heroes, a Mobile original since 1998.
0: And we're back. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about. We're going to talk with Scott Johnson a little bit about uh, Baykeeper. Finally, they did file suit this week, right, against yes. Alabama Power.
2: Yes, they carried through with their threat um, with the lawsuit to challenge Alabama Power for keeping their plan to keep 21 million pound tons sorry, 21 million tons of coal ash over there in the the Mobile Delta.
0: So, just if, for folks who are not aware, the um, The federal government is requiring uh, these power companies that have had they have burnt ash, which they call coal coal ash, and they have uh, this they've had ponds all over the country. Uh, These ponds that are in contact with groundwater are having to either be moved or remediated in some capacity. They can be covered in place, or they can be removed and moved to a a landfill that is a lined landfill. In Alabama, we are not moving any of them where you're planning to just let Alabama power cover them up in many other states. They are making them move them. So that's where right. we are right now. The, uh, there's a big, uh, the one at, uh, plant berry in the Tensaw Delta has, as Scott said, 21 million tons of spent coal ash, mm-hmm. which is full of heavy metals, um, arsenic. Th- yep. and arsenic. And, and you've got, so there are two things that are concerns at this point one is just a breach of the of the the levy that is holding this thing we're dumping this 21 million tons of coal ash into the Mm -hmm. delta which is the worst case scenario there's also just the slow leak of the leaching of these metals into the groundwater which every one of the ponds in alabama has already been fined for that occurring and the one place that alabama power has capped in place at this point is still leaching so um at this point, that's where we are, and now Baykeeper has filed suit to stop this.
2: Yeah, they they issued a notice of intent uh, two months ago, right? And uh, as I understand it, that's a requirement for this kind of lawsuit. Anyway, so sixty days was this last Monday, and that's when they filed suit. Um, they're filing it with the Southern Environmental Law Center, right? And, along with the former U.S. attorney. Yeah. So, is, which is interesting, yeah.
0: you've got you've got Rich Moore, who's a former U.S. attorney. Um, right and yes and that that's that's right ashley he richard was up in the uh, he was up in that area when uh, in the kingston spill occurred and so he's very familiar with all that and um you know it's it's kind of an interesting thing because you look oh southern environmental law center a lot of people go oh, well that's some left-wing organization but he's a republican yeah, and, appointee and as well
1: i just if you don't know what the kingston spill is there was a big a similar issue um a similar coal pond, ash pond in Kings, Kingston, Tennessee. Right. It. it I, was it a breach? It I was. Think, yeah. The and it, I mean, just Google the images of there and then think about and see what our Delta or, or, could look like if it happened here. It will terrify
0: you. Yeah, it was nothing near as large as that. And on top of that, the people who cleaned it up after the fact have all had, health, a lot of people have had health that problems had after it, the like fact. Ground yeah and so there's there's a lot of issues with it so richard um he's actually i've talked to him before about this and he's very concerned about it so it's interesting to have him come in on along with that so a former u.s attorney as well so right um any idea what where this goes from here
2: I, I guess we'll have to see for the first hearing i mean
0: what's their point what is the point they're making
2: the point they're making they uh supremacy Federal supremacy um, for the EPA, and they're they're saying that the uh, ADM, Alabama Department of Environmental Management, is usurping that with with their rule allowing them to cap in place. They're saying it violates the Clean Water rules. That they right, had. because one of
0: the things that that is at play here is, um, you know, really the where the water table is in these in these ponds. I think, and that's, I mean, I think it, it certainly in Plant Berry, it's pretty obvious that it is the, the, the bottom of the pond is in the groundwater, you know, so it's in the water table and that's really the issue. Uh, Alabama power has gone around and round about saying, Oh, well, this is going to be, it's going to cost too much. clean up it'll take 20 years to clean up it'll do you know they've basically just made all these excuses for why it's impossible for them to do it or it Mm -hmm. you know they'll have these trucks running around it'll tear up the ground and they'll spill coal ash everywhere it'll be a bigger problem that way um meanwhile it's occurring in other places yeah
2: i mean their sister company georgia power is is doing this very the same thing at one of their plants in Georgia, yeah, yeah. and they're actually recycling it into concrete. So, and right. um, they're doing it right over there. Uh, the parent company is Southern Company. Right.
0: But, so the reason they're not doing it here, when people say, "Well, why why are they doing it there and not doing it here?" And it's because there is absolutely no political will here to make Alabama Power do that. In other in the other states, um, you know, in the Carolinas, for instance, their legislatures just said, "No, you're moving them." So, you know, Duke Energy, a lot of those companies are they have to move them. Um, we've been given more of it. We've been given the option here in Alabama. And so the option of of course, <laughs> Alabama power has chosen is the cheaper option. Um, meanwhile, what people can keep forgetting, you know, you always get this thing. Oh, well, I don't want to spend any more money on my power bill. They raised our rates 3% back at, at the end of 2019 for coal ash remediation. So you've been paying for coal ash remediation now for wow. three years already. Um, They also just had a 5% increase this past year as well. So, you know, the power rate is going up. People don't seem to notice these things. Um, But that's always the argument. But, you know, it's the thing that I find so fascinating about all of this, and and I've mentioned it many times, you know, we're in an era when people don't seem to be able to agree about anything. But we have politicians on both sides of the aisle in Alabama who appear to just feel completely comfortable that this is a great (laughs) thing to do.
3: We asked all of them. And I think two... Two, yeah. maybe three people were like, Oh, it's a bad idea. The rest yeah, of them were like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I trust Alabama power. Or and it's they just don't like, want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah.
0: You know? And and that's the thing. It's, you know, Alabama power brought them all up there and they, they wind know, them and dine them or whatever. And the them tournament and is. Said, this yeah, is, yeah. is going to be good, you know, and, 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 you know, scared everybody about how bad it's going to be. But the, the reality is it's being done everywhere else. Once again, here in Alabama, we, we're not going to make them do this stuff. And, uh, the, you know the one question that we've asked many times that they refuse to answer is if you cap these in place and they continue to leach into the groundwater what will you do then and they will not answer that question which just i think gives you an idea of, of what the you know what the intent is it's
3: like they've got their head like stuck in the coal ash and they won't like they're just pretending like that's not even a possibility. I it's think,
0: just, you know, I think I would feel a lot better about it if they had a plan, if they said, okay, we're going to try this, but if it doesn't work, then we're going to do this. You know, I still think that doesn't alleviate the issue in it, it especially in uh, the Delta of a hurricane possibly coming through and flooding that area, you know, granted they'll drain the water. They'll, they will reduce the size of the, of the, the amount of uh of the coal ash they'll bring it back some but it's still going to be sitting pretty close to the to the mobile river
2: yeah i mean and, the pictures if you if you pick up a paper this week yeah and you know, the, these ponds are it can't be more than 30 something yards
0: yeah it's I mean, not very far and, and when when the river floods when it's at, at real heavy flood stage it gets up to almost the top of those mm-hmm. that levee i mean it gets pretty close it's come close to Breaching. I mean, I think we had a circumstance last year where we were looking at it and going, man, this, if this hurricane comes up here, it might come right up in That's there. And okay. we've I had rain for... Yeah. 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 you get... Yeah, no, it's just... I mean, we're not, we're not scientists, but I, I think that there's, there's opportunity there when you look at it and say, are there case scenarios where there might be water that could breach that? I think, you know, we certainly had, um, you know, last year we had so many of these hurricanes coming through the last couple of years... Um, and we're really where the water is saturating everything. You've got a lot of flooding going on. It's, it, there could be that that kind of thing that happens. But the most likely scenario is just that it's going to continue to leak heavy metals into the water. So, yeah. you know, we'll see what happens with this uh, with this lawsuit, and we'll follow it pretty closely. And, um, you know, there are yeah, options. process, it's in the, district, federal Yeah, federal U.S. District Court.
2: we'll have to see I, I i've not heard anything about location or jurisdiction yet. No, we'll
0: keep we'll keep track of it um so this week we had uh, david bronner in town so the head of the rsa and he was you know talking a little bit about that um he had a couple of things that were interesting to talk about that the rsa i guess first of all talk uh, brady you covered it you went out there uh tell us a couple of the things that he had to say but about you know at that meeting
4: Uh, well first and foremost he was presented a a key to the city and it was declared uh, you know David Bronner day yeah Uh, I took that that day off it was great right yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. should be celebrated by all Um, but uh, he I started my own retirement system on that day In honor of him, yeah. Yes. Um, yeah, he, he touched on a couple of different things, most notably being um, that you know the RSA fund uh, is up but is somehow scheduled to lose money this year. Yeah, you're saying, um, it's, uh, you,
0: as you wrote, that it's the most they've ever had, right? $55 ever had. billion, but somehow or another, it's losing. It's going to lose money this year.
4: Basically, the way he put it is, due to their financial uh, cutoff this year for their quarters right. and everything. But um, the stock
0: market fell at the, right, rise, at the fell, wrong point. And
4: right. they're going to end up losing um, some money this year. Uh, he also touched on the... Uh, the state's lack of Medicaid expansion. He, w- he is uh, not a fan of that at all. He thinks that Alabama is losing out uh, potentially billions of dollars. I, with-
0: I do agree with him on that. Right. I, re- I wrote yes. that some several years ago. I thought it was dumb of us not to take that money. But, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, he, he, was, he was pretty uh, hostile about that. One, I yes, think. and he was, because- he
4: was hostile about it in his speech as <laughs> right. well. He, he did yeah. not mince words about it at all. So it was, a, it was definitely an interesting speech. Um, the county budget. We, you know,
0: the, speaking of uh, the highest ever, we have the county budget uh, came out the other day, and it is a larger budget, right? Yes, it is.
2: County budget. Sorry. Um,
0: I, I was like... Sorry, Scott. County. Scott's off somewhere in space. <laughs> sorry. At that, I, I, did, I was like, Baldwin, type in Mobile? His, yeah. Typing his wife, uh, uh, I would, this is what <laughs> I want for lunch. Now, um, yeah, yeah, no, yeah Mobile,
2: uh, Mobile County passed a $216 million budget, which is... 20 million more than last year. Right. Uh, heavily due to a large carryover, 45 million dollars, and carryover basically so, conservative spending. So
0: carryover is basically yeah. money they didn't spend last year. Yeah. Right? Unspent money. Yeah. And, and so I mean, I read your story. They're going to spend the. You know, give us some ideas of what they're going to spend the, this additional money on.
2: This yeah. Year. So 37 million of that carryover is going into one time, one time capital improvements, which is just basically all their their pet projects that they have. Right. They've aquatic center, Leeksman golf course. Africa town. Uh, and, re, and, and I'm not
0: and putting those projects yeah. down. Those are, those are good projects. Yes. So certainly there's plenty of them, yep. but you know, this is one of those things again, where we look at when, and this, this is going on at the state level. We talked about this. Well, you know, the state has an abundance of money. Now there's discussion about tax, you know, maybe give everybody a tax break, maybe do these things. Um, here in the, in the County, we've said we've got more money than we've ever had. We're going to spend it. And on these things, and, and that's fine. But, we still look at around in the county and we say, "What is you know in the city in the county? What's one of the problems that we're having here that that is that just continues is crime? Even though it has been going down some, suppose we still yes. have a lot of crime. We still are two to three years behind on prosecuting these people. We have how many? What a hundred murderers, accused murderers. I'm right, sorry, right. Wandering the streets that have not been adjudicated, and. Is this an opportunity? I mean, just devil's advocate here. Is this an opportunity maybe for the county to say, hey, let's let's put some money into yeah. getting this done. Let's get some people, let's get these courts going. Let's have, you know, maybe there's, is the argument there's not enough space? Is there argument that there's not enough judges? Mm-hmm. Is there an opportunity to get some of these things done to get caught back up? I mean, I know when I was on jury duty the, uh, a couple of weeks ago, when I, the guy was supposed to to uh may would have been on the jury for was i mean his crime had been committed over two years ago wow you know so yeah. it was it's just yeah it's a speedy justice and these are guys i mean he was a guy who had shot who well, that we'll go back into that but i mean it's just you know it's, it's one of these re- revolving door yeah. things you yeah. know and, and it's that's the complaint people have but it seems like when when the state or the county have money there's complaints all over the state about we don't, you know, the judiciary doesn't have enough money to, to take care of these things. Crime is a problem. Um, the number one thing we need to do is lock up these re- repeat offenders and people who are waiting, awaiting trial, who are right. out there committing more crimes. But when there is money, that doesn't seem to be a priority. Yeah. And I think,
2: I think uh, someone who'd push back on that would say, well, public safety is, the largest expense in the county budget sure 89 million of the 216 sure yeah and um you know and then you've got other things like our 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 circuit court is doing vastly more trials criminal trials circuit trial civil trials than any other circuit in the state uh they're working overtime, so i don't and then and then also uh, we need more judges would might be the right uh remediation for that except that's not the co- the call for the county yeah uh, then they might be able to fund more courtrooms but if you can't put a judge in that courtroom that help you that
0: much well they seem to be able to find judges when they need them charlie Grant is always <laughs> around right you know but i, yeah. I don't know it just it yeah. just seems to me when we end up with some money um especially when there's a lot of money like this when you talk about you know bringing carrying 45 million over um it it automatically the thoughts are like Oh, let's let's build this. Let's build that. And I, and again, that's fine. If you've saved the money, we're doing fine. You know, that's okay. Yeah. But there's never, it doesn't ever seem that anybody's sitting around thinking, this is one thing we ought to try to take care of. We're going to complain about it. Everybody's going to complain about it. It's going to be an issue. Right. But... It seems to me there's some opportunities
3: at the state level, local level as well, to, yeah. to maybe get into that. Some yeah. of that, some of that's on the voters too, though, because we complain, we hear the complaints for about the same things over and over again every year, and yet we have long-term incumbents at a lot of positions that would seemingly be able to handle some of that stuff or do something different or we, you know, we complain about it, but then when we go to vote, it's like, well, it it
0: is an issue. And I mean, you know, of course at the state level, the, you know, the amount of earmarked funding is a, is a massive issue too. You know, when you look at it and say, okay, we've got, um, you know, billions of dollars that we're looking at, um, just in education fund, for instance, that they're trying to figure out different ways to spend that. Yeah. And, um, but you know, at the same time, you know, they're taking the money that is for judicial, you know, for the judiciary, for that comes from the state, and it's being parsed out in in various ways, and, right. and that is just, you know, everybody's sitting around starving. Trying to get it done. Yeah. You're trying to get this done. I, I mentioned it yesterday,
2: though. It's uh, the, those kind of projects aren't winning vote projects. Right. You know, they're not. They're not buying goodwill with the public. Well, they
0: are if you if your crime rate goes down. And yeah, you know, as, as uh, you know, as you reported, you know, last week with with crime going down, one of the big focuses of that has been finding these people. You know, they've got a list of these hundred people that they feel like are the biggest problems in town, and they're trying to get them in jail, mm-hmm. and trying to picking them back up when they're violating probation,s and doing things, and trying to get the judges to keep yeah. them in jail. And lo and behold, crime starts to go down, shootings start to go yeah. down. The and city's
3: also poured you know millions of dollars from ARPA funds into right. into gun violence right. initiatives yeah. too. So yeah. that that has clearly had a, a an impact yeah. Uh, yeah. to this point.
2: If a uh, if Anila's law is approved in November with the constitutional amendment. Uh, you might be looking at needing more jail space because you're going to have more people held on bond, pretrial custody. Right. Well, right. you know, well, c-
0: that, you know then, uh, then I guess one of these days we'll build those prisons, right? So, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Well, we're going to call it for this week. That'll be it. But uh, thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back next Thursday with the next Lagnapod. Bye.
1: The Lagnapod is a Something Extra publishing production. Executive producers are Rob Holbert and Ashley Tries. Music is by some pulse sounds and electro animals. Only subscribers like you have access to this podcast. Tell your friends they can sign up at my.liniatmedbill.com. For advertising opportunities, please call 251-450-4466.